Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Lady Adasa Tea. I'm Alex. And I'm Meredith. And quick note, Alex is joining us from another state, another time, another place. And uh, listen, Grandpa's got the kids outside, but there might be some noise. It's just going to be the joy of children on vacation. So mm-hmm. be cool about that. Also be cool about the fact that Alex has dyslexia. Sometimes it means we pronounce words differently. But yes. we actually <laughs> we actually had a breakthrough. We were voice memoing as we are wont to do. And Alex had a Camilla breakthrough. And I I stood up and cheered in my car, which was very awkward, like my child had just performed Wind Beneath My Wings at the talent show. I was so proud. And that was that was real big. That was big, Alex. So let's see it. Oh gosh, I'm kidding. Oh no, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to put you on <laughs> the spot. Let's test it out. Okay, okay. Camilla. Yes! You guys see how I say it so quietly and soft? That's how you know I'm still, I'm there, but I'm still a little nervous. Oh my God, but it was so good. (laughs) When I say her name calmly, that's the only reason why. My baby's growing up so fast. I am older than Alex. I'm not old enough to be her mother, but I could be her her cool older sister. Right? She's I the think best that could sister. Work. She's my best bestie. Oh my god, bestie. I do like randomly text her at all hours of the night. So No, I love it. That I, I text Alex more than my husband. So we are doing this from vacation. At least oh. one of us is. And this episode, we're gonna get into some quick housekeeping, but this is a biggie. This episode is a biggie. So a little housekeeping yes. first. Um premium content. We just did our Princess Anne deep dive. Alex took me through and damn. She can be a bad bitch. She can just be bad and a bitch, but she can be a bad bitch bad. and a bitch. So that is yep. premium content that is over on Apple subscriptions or Patreon. So if you want ad free early drops, all that good stuff, go over to Patreon or Apple and subscribe Lady Audacity. We currently have on our Patreon a poll for next month. Unfortunately, we can't do all that fun stuff on Apple subscriptions, but we do have a poll voting on our August deep dive eras tour women of the crown style. And right now it is neck and neck between Camilla Parker Bowles and Wallace Simpson. Those are good ones. Those are real good. I am excited for whichever one is selected. So definitely go check that out. Our $25 uh, supporter, uh, HRH Duchess Nora. We are. Hey, Duchess. we kiss the ring or whatever. I think that's the Pope, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, whatever. It says you're supreme. Whatever. So this this episode today is really dedicated to Scabbers, a.k.a. Dan Wooden. Because if you see Scabbers from Harry Potter, you cannot unsee it. It is Dan. It's Dirty Dan. And so most of our episode oh, will focus on him. But we are going to first start with some Bananas articles. 
because that's what we do. And I cannot say bananas without hearing that Gwen Stefani song. Um, so <laughs> bananas. B A N A N A. Yes. Okay. I think. <laughs> I think that's all we can say without getting sued for like copyright infringement. That's true. Yeah. So and we're already in. I also warning everyone now. There's going to be a lot of alleged, 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 just allegedly, 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 <laughs> allegedly. Please, dear God, and with quotation marks on our side, but you know, allegedly. everywhere, everywhere. Do not sue us, Dan's law firm. Please. So anyway, before we get going into Dan, let's do our bananas articles of the week. Alex, my love, my queen, Da-da. take it away. Okay, so we are going to actually be jumping to a very early article that was released by Richard Eden uh, for the Daily Mail for his section, Eden Confidential, on July 5th. Just kidding. Love him. (laughs) Love him. The sarcasm. (laughs) This was released on July 5th, 2023. It reads, former Labor MP Tristram Hunt sparks row as he pulls trans book and poster from the young VNA before Kate reopened museum after $13 million redevelopment. Mind you, let's keep some dates in mind here. Kate visited that museum on June 28th. And then on June 29th is when William released the teaser for the conversation he would be having with the LGBTQ plus community, which showed a trans flag that got them a lot of crap in their comment section. So, and I also should point out to remember, this is the labor MP. So I think, which is supposed to be the more liberal, um, you know, political group, but, you know, Tories and labor, those are the main two. It's like in the US, we have Republican Democrats and they are transphobic. So just saying that to really see what trans people are dealing with in the UK when both major parties are speaking against you. Uh, UK, UK, y'all are banning books too. Do you have Moms of Liberty right? over there in your school board meetings? What the hell? Like So, exactly. Dang. And I just, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Meredith. And you guys obviously send us your thoughts too. Because, hey, for all I know, Kate knew nothing about this and just showed up. Maybe she did know. I don't know. I just find it interesting that once again, Kate and the LGBTQ plus community, especially with the trans community, is just something that never crosses paths. Never. Here's what I'll say. As far as I can remember. Yeah. Here's Mm -hmm. what I'll say with Kate. I don't know if she knew or didn't know about this, but I am not surprised that after this knowledge, this information comes out, she doesn't make a peep. Which again, Uh, do you support the human rights um, and uh, of gay people, which shouldn't be a political issue? Or are you too upset to upset your base and appear political? And that seems to be a calculation she makes a lot, which again, is this like, what do you stand for? Because it feels like nothing. And also it's just such a blatant dog whistle to a certain community Mm -hmm. that, oh yeah, because you know what? It's really the books that are turning kids gay. Despite the fact that we have had centuries of books about heterosexual couples, and yet that hasn't turned gay people straight. So what's the deal? Exactly. And it's something I think, you know, we have mentioned before, at some point we have to ask, even if she is not explicitly saying these things, the fact that she continues to attract this kind of attention or attract the type of people who think they need to remove these things in her presence, I have to say, well, honey, you're putting something out there eventually that is attracting these people and telling them that you can't be associated with this. So I'm going to lead a little bit of the article. It says, I hear that Hunt who is now director at the Victoria Victoria and Albert Museum, has sparked a furious row after he ordered the removal of a poster with pro-transgender messages as well as two LGBTQ plus theme books. The poster was on display at the former Museum of Childhood in the East End of London. The books were for sale in its shop. He instructed them to be removed before the Princess of Wales opened the museum under its new name, Young V&A, last week after a three-year $13 million development. The poster was produced by controversial charity Stonewall and read, some people are trans, get over it. Yes. So Sorry. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Yes. So, and now I always think about how people say these visits are planned to a T. And that's where I do think there is a question, did they know? We always hear every photo op is like planned. You know what I mean? Everything that they walk into, like there's rarely surprises at these engagements. So again, I just wonder. That's what I'm wondering if there was talk of, well, we don't want to have articles that say 
Kate stands by LGBTQ books or Kate exactly. opens, you know, but, but how does Kate feel about this, this pushing trans, you know, issues on us? I could see a, mm-hmm. let's remove it so that this doesn't impact the visit in any way, like removing it's, anything to just exactly. kind of strip away anything interesting about these visits. Cause you're right. They exactly. are so choreographed and, and planned. Debate. Yeah, like, I don't want to have the debate. Do I want the debate on the morning shows to be, oh, Kate yeah. stands next to this book. What does it mean? You know? Or God forbid she gets a picture of, like, the flag in the background that's like, exactly. we're trans, get over it. Yeah, no, that's not good yes. for optics. <laughs> so this, like, really, you know, assault on the wound. I'm going to keep reading from the article directly now. Their removal proved particularly controversial because the museum reopened on the same day London celebrated its LGBTQ plus pride festival. Yeah, guys. Oh my God. I'm just burying burying my face. It's so bad. (laughs) Rowan Ellis, 31, author of one of the books, Here in Queer, A Queer Girl's Guide to Life, accuses the museum of stigmatizing trans content as inappropriate for children. She describes herself as lividly angry that her work was removed as she should. And then the Public and Commercial Services, PCS Trade Union, accuses the museum of seeking to hide the existence of trans people. Its culture group secretary, Steen Warwick, claims the decision adds to the current climate of transphobia and trans erasure, putting trans people, particularly young trans people, at risk. He adds, it's particularly galling that this decision was made during the LGBTQ plus history month. And then the VA spokesperson just says it was a complex decision. The museum senior team, right, felt more consultation was necessary necessary with young people and teachers on how to present these topics to ensure their perspectives were more fulsomely represented. And this is my thing. What I find so funny is they're trying to be like, oh, we just randomly decided to pull this the morning that Kate came because we're not sure how to teach it to the children. So again, I just can't help but wonder if someone in Kate's team is at least like, don't put her name in this when you respond. You know, like, don't you dare. You know, this was something else entirely. the idea too of having to present trans issues in a wholesome way as if the existence of people born in the wrong bodies is not wholesome and that we have to protect other people when the people that need protecting are these trans kids that need the support and love. It's disgusting, but not surprising. Exactly. Because nothing about these books are going to be sexual. And that is like the root of this is like, they're sexualizing our children. They're grooming our children. And it's like, no one's None of these books are talking about sex. They are talking about a child and their gender. As if some of these, as if some of these books, like Cinderella princess stories of, are not like grooming children to live and die right. by finding a man and you well, it's know, like more about their sexuality away. in those books yeah right? than in trans oh books because God. it's a straight girl that falls in love with a man and they're eventually going to kiss and get married and we know what happens after that like yep. you're selling sex more in those books if we're going to really go down that road it but is all to say ridiculous. i think it's interesting and the next day her husband and only her husband did the mm. conversation with lgbt Q plus community. So I also, again, just points to why a lot of that stuff I think falls flat for them. <laughs> you just made me think of something. I wonder mm-hmm. if part of the long-term um, I uh, kind of idea or roadmap for Kate and Will is to present Will as a little more forward-thinking, progressive, yes. a modern king. But don't worry, because his wife Kate is traditional, and she is going to keep mm-hmm. those important traditional values. Do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah. part of the separate sphere that's happening. And that's why I also think why they got the De, um, De Santos comparison, you know, with that family. Because, you know, DeSantos, he's out there. He's more oh, aggressive DeSantis. with this talk. Sorry. DeSantis, yeah. No, that, you're talking, okay, okay, just for our, non, <laughs> for our non- or American yes. listeners, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. He's a piece of shit, and he's running for president and doing terribly, which is wonderful to say. Yay! And recently there was an article, maybe a couple of months ago, I, I'm not forgetting where, I will post about it, but in the article talking about his wife, there's a comparison to Kate and her wardrobe. They're just purely mm, talking about the yep. wardrobes and how they, 
you know, have this give across this message that I'm the traditional, glamorous, beautiful wife who loves my family and supports my husband. And, you know, and then the husband is more aggressive with his words and with his platform and his beliefs. And I feel like obviously William and him are different in what these are, but I feel like it's that same I understand the analogy you're going with. I do. I feel like Ron DeSantis. (laughs) I feel like Ron DeSantis maybe perhaps just ran for president because his wife was like, I'd really like a chance to cosplay Jackie O. Can you make this happen for me? And he's like, so weird. Sure. (laughs) As as long as I can push my anti gay, anti, you know, teaching real history, my whole agenda, as long as I can hate immigrants, that would be great. Thank you, Casey. (laughs) So, okay. White supremacy. Are you are you ready for my article? My bananas article? Yes. Okay, we're getting a little serious. And well, no, it's bananas. I'm gonna tell you what's bananas. The financial situation of the crown. Okay. These yeah. these people. Okay. So the big thing that has come out recently, this is from The Guardian, is this windfall that has come to Charles. And this is like the broad strokes of the article. And then we're gonna get into some things because I read a book that just reads the royal family for filth when it comes to their finances. And I think you're really going to like these lines. So the broad stroke is there's going to be a multi, multi-billion pound windfall from Britain's offshore wind farms owned by the crown and leased to developers. And that's going to piss people off because <laughs> this is like a cost of living crisis and people can't heat their homes. But anyway, so the treasury said that they would half the proportion of the estate's profits paid to the royal household through the sovereign grant, which will fall from 25% in recent years to 12% from next year. But despite this actual payment to the monarch, it will remain like flat at the 20 in 2024, 2025. And I just, again, I am not an economist and I know this shit is confusing and it's meant to be confusing. Like just because I, just because I can read does not mean all of this makes complete sense, but I'm going to like, just break it down a little bit. Okay. But before I do, before we go back to school, I just want (laughs) to read this quote from Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, who helped to make this decision. He says, quote, for almost 300 years, kings and queens have surrendered the profits from the crown estate to the British people. And in return, the government has provided a fraction of that to properly support the king in undertaking his official duties. End quote. It's giving benevolent king. Yeah. My uh, face right now. Oh, yeah. They're no. so nice to give you their profits. Shut yeah. up. Exactly. <laughs> Wait till we get into Shut it because you're going to be so happy about this. So a couple <laughs> um, a couple of months ago, I decided to figure out how they get paid. And I found some interesting little little uh, little pitfalls, if little golden parachutes, if you will. Okay. <laughs> it's giving Wall Street. It's giving uh, financial collapse. Psych. Yeah. I'm fine. So just a little history lesson. And I promise it'll be fun. The British royal family was supported pre-2011, and it goes back to 1760 when King George surrendered control over the crown estates. The crown estate is a collection of land and holdings. You also have the duchies, and that revenue goes to the treasury. In doing so, he passes off, you know, defense funds, national debt, his own personal debts to the treasury. In return, he Mm -hmm. received an annual grant known as the Civil List. So the Civil List used to include the cost of the civil government until 1830. Then it became just the royal household expenses paid for by public funds by the government who control the crown estate revenue. It's very convoluted. So then there's obvious transparency issues here because the government can't audit the Civil List. So they can't know like where the money is going to go to. MPs cannot ask questions on spending on the civil list. So you just kind of have to accept whatever they come Which up with. Which is just horrendous to not be able to Zero. Have a parliament yeah. debate or question. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, too, especially after David Cameron in parliament, they're not really allowed to discuss the royals at all. Like anything going on with them now. And when there are laws that come up that affect the royals, the royals get to the sovereign gets to weigh in. on those laws and how she would like them to go or he. So this idea that Mm. Queen Elizabeth was this (laughs) non-political leader is so not true. Anyway. So wrong. So the civil list had several parts. And in 2011, under David Cameron, it seems like a lot of evil starts under David Cameron. I'm just going to put it out there. It's consolidated (laughs) into one sovereign grant. So it's paid for now by a percentage of the crown estate annual net income by the government. 
But, but there is this golden ratchet clause. It's ratchet, all right, that ensures funding <laughs> could increase in line with the CE profits, guaranteed never to fall. So even if the profits from the Crown Estate dip, the Treasury is legally required to top that off. And that clause has wow. kicked in twice. So they can never make less money. And now I want to go to the book Running the Family Firm by Laura Clancy. It is so masterful. And she reads, she reads these people for filth. So she argues that the concept of personal wealth is questionable, considering the monarchy's history of extraction and exploitation, which, yes, because yes, there's this whole idea, well, it's their money. And you're like, well, is it? Does no. it kind of feel like it's not? And then Andrew Duncan comes in and says, I, I got a thought. He argues that much of its portfolio was stolen from the church at the time of the Reformation or conquered by historical monarchs. So it's like, yeah, technically it's your land because your ancestors like 500 years ago stole that shit. Like, thanks exactly. for I mean, giving is, us what should be ours. This is like what we've talked about before with, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the names in particular, but more than a few of the diamonds that they have stolen from like Africa and India. Yeah. People are like, well, but they did own that land or the person who sold it to them owned that land. No, that white man was a colonizer and two generations before him, you know, they stole the land from the people that were originally there. And then they took their riches and then forced those people to be slaves on those lands. And then they sell it after. It's like, when you're literally looting and stealing, it's like, how can you truly say these things are yours? And you're passing exactly. these things on that you stole. And that is like the root of their finances. I can't remember who it was, but they pretty much had admitted before that, like, yeah, the royals shouldn't have control of the duchy. That shouldn't technically be their money. Let's think about it. Because all of that money, people forget with the duchy, because I hear that a lot with the duchy. They're like, that's not tax money. I'm like, it is though. It's not as clear as the other money, but people forget if the monarchy didn't exist, all of that duchy money would go to the government, which means they would be able to use it, hopefully for the people. That's Yeah, and that's dollars. what's hard. It's like, well, <laughs> is it going to be used in a good way? But I think this is also like this larger struggle of if we no longer really believe that uh, the monarch is like the has the divine right to rule the land because technically exactly. they don't, That's then why. you have to find ways to justify the monarchy and painting mm -hmm. it as they are these benevolent leaders that give more than they take and they only cost this much a year. That helps to justify their worth and their continuation, like their survival, basically. And yeah. No one it's talks about the finances too. And that's also very telling as we'll get into with Dan Wooden. There are certain things, there's a front stage and a backstage, especially to the monarchy. And there are some things that the British media for the most part will not touch because it impacts their very livelihood. Exactly. And I think too, part of the reason why is like being able to sell the royal family now that everyone doesn't believe that God chose them to rule, you know, is this whole patriotism, you tie the royal family yes. to British yes. pride. They are patriot. If you take down the British royal family, then like how, what's Britain then? You know, like how, what do, what do we show for our pride? The flag is useless. We don't have the family. And that is so key to that. And I think again, why they often are targeting like the Telegraph audience, the Daily Mail and so on. Cause those are a lot of people too, who tie British nationalism, nationalism to white people. Yes. So there you go. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, what a cool system. <laughs> to them. What a cool system. Right? Yeah, I, so I, I need to do more research into their finances because I find it very interesting and very telling that we don't talk about it. But let's move yes. on to the main event. Okay. We know what y'all are here for. You are here for the Dan Wooten of it all. I don't know if it's Wooten or Wooten. I think we can call him whatever we want, to be honest. Yeah, I looked um, it up and it's like a little more of a Wooten, I think. Like a but it's yeah, not like a like a, a Wooten. It's like a it's like I forget. Someone told me what it rhymed with and now I'm confused. It's not like wood, but it's it you know what? It really doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He I listened to like the name of a British male voice and he said the O so softly and I could not do it. That's all I remember. Oh, trying yeah. to That's get what's the name. hard. The if you get like a so mumbly softly. mouth, yeah, mumbly mouth, you're not going to get it. My California accent and yeah. American Yankee. You know what? Slang, you know what? We that. figured, we figured out Camilla 
You know what I mean? Thank like, you. You know what? One thing at a time. Which okay? is soft. Yeah. It's so funny. It's just soft. I think it's their accents. I can't it, do that. I know. <laughs> I'm a yank. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm from New Jersey. So the fact that I don't sound more obnoxious is shocking. And some people may not agree with that. So yeah, yeah I could have a We're much losers. worse accent. So anyway, um, news be news in section and main topic are all Dan Wooden this week. And just to start off, this entire section is one big trigger warning. I mean, we yes. are going to be talking about some really serious topics. So if if you know sexual assault, anything like that is a trigger, you might want to consider suicide. suicide. You might want to consider yeah. skipping this part. But I will say that we are going to proceed with caution and try to yes. minimize how much we get into those those graphic details. Because yes. there's, of course, articles and, and tweet threads that you can read if you really want to get into it, which, of course, will be on our show notes, which live for free over on our Patreon. So first, I just want to run through the timeline a little bit of, of where we're at with all of this. So the week of July 13th, 2023, two Twitter accounts, one belonging to Dan's former partner, Alex, and the other, a man who who leveled some pretty serious allegations against Dan, including rape. And his name is Kevin. Um, Dan Wooten, if you're not familiar, is a is a GB News presenter and columnist. He used to work for The Sun and before that, News of the World. Dan is a gay man, which is which is important to the story. It was largely ignored at the time by most of the British media, except mm-hmm. notably The Guardian and Byline Times. Jim Watterson of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, on Twitter, who writes for The Guardian, mentioned he has been looking into Martin Branning for literal years. Martin Branning is Dan Wooten's alleged fake online presence that he's used to trick and extort men. So, I mean, and the man, Jim Watterson literally says, here are my digits. Here's my WhatsApp slide into my DMS, please slide right in any information you have. I am open and ready. I mean that, listen, giving out your number, I'm impressed. So Byline also drops their three-part series, which we just found out before recording is actually going to be a four-part series. And I was like, God damn it, Byline. Like we had this perfectly lined up and you just like, you killed it. I can't believe they didn't think of our recording schedule, but you know, (laughs) we'll work on it. We're so so important guys. And the big thing to note about the Byline Times investigation is that it is three years in the making. So this isn't like a knee jerk reaction over a few accounts on Twitter. This has been building. Now, perhaps Byline was going to wait to drop this and then saw that there were some rumor picking up on Twitter and allegations and decided now is yeah. the time to strike. We'll, um, yeah. And we'll talk about that yeah. too. So it might be that, but it. this has been a long time coming. It doesn't seem like a lot of real journalists are upset to see this happening to Dan. Um, it seems like a bit of a com- yeah. comeuppance, but also a come up, a comeuppance with, with fact, you know what I mean? Exactly. With, with actual, actual facts and receipts to back it up. And, and perhaps there is something bigger at play than Dan. So do yes. we want to start? Do you, do you want to start with the byline um, investigation? Yes. Like, so where do you want to start? I was going to go over like kind of a brief just time. I wanted to go over a timeline, a little more in depth of the timeline of how this is all coming about. Because oh, I yes, think it's please. important, you know, people are like, well, is this just people don't like Dan? Because, well, he's an asshole. There's a difference between an asshole and being like, you know, a predator, a yes. sexual predator. But I need people to remember why this may have 
to us seem like, wow, where did this come out of nowhere? It did not. Because the week this came up, which the first tweet that started this was from a Twitter account called I'm Shane Reaction on July 12th. This was after things like the Hugh Edwards. I think I'm saying his first name wrong. No, you are. It's Hugh, but it's spelled H-U-W. So you feel like you're being tricked that it's something else, but it's not. Okay, guys. So we're going to get into the allegations. And now this all kicked off on the 12th. And I want to remind people this did not come out of nowhere. This is following first off the Philip Schofield stuff that happened like the month prior. And then we had the stuff, Hugh Edwards, that was happening that week. Hugh Edwards, I'm actually going to read this from The Hollywood Reporter that is just an article briefly going over the accusations. And in it says, The news about Edwards follows a weekend of speculation and finger-pointing sparked by a story in the UK tabloid The Sun on Friday in which the girl's mother came forward with accusations claiming that the request for photos had begun when her child, now 20, was 17. So they're saying Edwards was pretty much buying explicit photos of this girl. Now, in other media outlets that we are looking at especially in the united kingdom they often refer to this person as like a teen or something like that like they don't give a gender we've only seen this so far from the hollywood reporter so i just we want to make that clear yeah and also in case maybe they're wrong and to your point the son originally does not unmask edwards it's actually his wife that eventually says edwards is the the bbc presenter that's accused he is currently seeking mental health treatment, which isn't one of those like Raquel after Vanderpump rules goes to like a spa. She's like, and getting help. This is like, he has battled significant depression and has had like, like in bed, Mm. cannot get out. I mean, serious depression he is battling. So just to give that. It should be explained. Unlike say Philip Schofield, who I hope burns the Hugh Edwards thing. And with the son, the issue is that and why the son got called out because it seems like, well, they told half-truths and that they may have inadvert- may have inadvertently paid the parents to say that they were, that this girl was sitting the photos when she was still 17, when in actuality, the girl, and again, this girl could be lying because she's afraid there's so much going on here, but she is saying through her lawyer, we do not know who she is or who they are, that she was adult with this happen. Okay, whether she's an adult and she chose to sell explicit photos and he chose to buy them, which is not a crime. Him and his wife can deal with that. That is not a crime. So again, this all happens. And a lot of people were upset with the son for obvious reasons because they trailed it along for a whole weekend of who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And now we find out that the story is not airtight like they claimed and they made very serious accusations. So July 12th, we get a a tweet from I'm Shane Reaction and says, now the son have promised to stop printing any more of the Hugh Edwards non-story. Maybe they can now address the allegations that they protected their own sex pest in the not-too-distant past. Now, this is a section from the private eye. I cannot find this article anywhere. I tried, I promise. And it has, like, over 2 million views by now. It says, the article says, by the private eye, the pontific- pontificating of one particular pundit. Oh, pontificating. However, Sorry. Thank you. The pontificating of one particular pundit, however, has left former colleagues godsmacked, given his own past, given his past propensity for sexually harassing younger male members of staff who worked for him, both inside and outside the office. Members of the HR department at his former employer openly admitted protecting him during investigations into his behavior, at least one of which resulted in an employee being moved to another apartment to avoid his boss's attentions. While a number of bullying complaints against the same man resulted in staff leaving with payouts. Asked by the I if these also involved non-disclosure agreements in 2018, a spokesman for the company said, I'm afraid we're going to have to decline. We're going to have to decline to comment. If that so, doesn't all play out in part two that we've seen from Byline yeah, Times, I mean I was about to say. You guys, we're going to have a lot. Wait, 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 because these tweets literally are all backed up by Byline Times that comes out like a few days later and then articles that come out a week later. So in response on July 13th from Shane Reaction to a tweet, he also says, The Sun have spent this year chastising other sexual harassers like they're holier than thou, all while they protected one of their own, paying off staff members targeted by a sex pest and promoting him while they did it. And I will add here, Dan Wooten was 
all over the Philip Schofield stuff. And mind yep. you, again, Philip can burn. But he really was like, there shouldn't be non-disclosure agreements. This is horrible. People need to be protected, blah, blah, blah. All while, allegedly, he's doing the same exact thing. So it is very demonic, okay? So now this led to Alex, Dan Wooten's ex from 2009 to 2013, responding to that tweet, the original tweet with the private eye um, article in it. And he reveals that it's about Dan, pretty much. He says... He also reveals, and this is a series of tweets, you guys, and some of it I am going to get a little bit into where you might hear more of the nitty gritty, okay? Just letting you guys know now. He claims that while dating Dan, he had no privacy and that he stole all of his passwords to his social medias and emails. Again, you're going to see this is something that is re- Dan is repeatedly accused of. Like, Remember repeatedly. this. Yes. So Alex, the first time he catches him, So I'm going to start with this tweet here. When I found that my Gmail account was being regularly accessed from from the News of the World office where he worked at the time, I was an idiot, though, and allowed myself to be emotionally bullied into not leaving him. But then I found out more. So Alex talks about finding an external hard drive belonging to Dan. And I'm going to read his tweets about that. I found an external, and this is Alex Sweets, I found an external hard drive. On it, I found a video of one of Dan's supposed friends, a son employee, having sex with his boyfriend. The video was clearly made in secret and filled from afar by a hidden camera. In the same folder as the video, I found a transcript of an MSN conversation between the colleague's partner and someone called Martin Branning, whereby an arrangement was indeed made to make the sex tape in secret with his colleague's knowledge in exchange for 500 pounds. I knew instantly that Martin Branning with I sorry, I said that wrong. They want to make the sex tape in secret without his colleagues' yep, yep. knowledge in exchange for 500 pounds. I knew instantly that Martin Branning was Dan. Again, we will see this later in the bylines articles. So this I say here directly pertains to the byline investigation about the title about this Martin Branning character, which is what was dropped yesterday in their third segment. And that was called his first victim. Um, but we'll get that to that later. So he goes on to explain the second time he hears the name Martin Branning, Branning is when he runs into his ex a month later or so after he left Dan. So the first thing he asked me, talking about his ex, without me saying a word about it was, what's the deal with this Martin Branning guy? Literally chilled me to the bone because it was the first time I've heard anyone say his name out loud. And it was equally disturbing as the first time he had heard it, he says. So Dan, or I mean Martin, was trying to pay the man to make sex videos with random men, including one of Alex's longtime ex-boyfriends. And, I'm sorry? Oh, I didn't know. Wait, Alex's longtime? Oh. Yes. Alex's longtime ex-boyfriend? Exactly. Alex is one of Alex's longtime ex-boyfriends. Dan was trying to get this random man. That is diabolical. Right? This random man he's seeing in the bar. And he's saying, like, this is someone, like, he briefly dated before Dan. This guy he is talking to in the bar that he ran into. So, and he is saying, yes, this Brandon guy kept bugging me to make sex tapes with random guys. But he also wanted me talking to Alex, your longtime ex-boyfriend. And he's saying this Martin Brandon guy also wanted me to make a sex tape with Dan Wooten, too. Remember, none of these people at the time know that Branning and Dan, Branning and Dan, Dan are the same people. So it's kind of like, and this is explained later, Martin Branning was like this middleman. That's how he was always approaching these he's guys. He's a show like, I'm a business ma- agent. Quote exactly. Unquote. Yes. And I've got this client who wants this. So he'll pay you to do this. This is his type. Let me give you the money. And then when he starts getting to someone close towards and they he acts like, oh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, um, the man that I'm helping out, he must know this guy and he wants you to sleep with him. So that's how Dan, a.k.a. Branning is acting. And none of these men know that they're equated. So he also referenced the period in 2020 when Caroline Flack died by suicide. He says after a few drinks, he went to Twitter to expose Dan because he was sick of seeing him all over media, social media, and his show, pretending like he cared about Caroline Flack, doing his whole crying, we need to be kind bullshit. So he goes onto Twitter and he pretty much says he makes a lot of the accusations he does in this thread. But he quickly takes it down because of the pressure from Dan directly saying, you need to take this down now. This is not acceptable. And his threats and so on and so on. But he said, he's like, also, I wanted to do it just. I'm sorry. What I was 
Also with Caroline Flack, it's important to remember at that time, he is with The Sun. He's an editor. And Mm -hmm. so I think they've managed, because I've done some digging, to both potentially remove stories that Dan wrote prior about her. But even if he didn't write, some of the stories that were printed that presumably he gave an okay on were vicious and terrible. And if that's how you treat a quote unquote friend, I don't want to know how you treat an enemy. I just want to give that little bit of context there that Dan was the editor of the sun that, yeah, that wrote these terrible published, terrible stories about this woman. Terrible in context to that too, is Caroline Flack's most recent ex-boyfriend before she passed away. um, He went off on Dan when he was trying to have all these tears. He pretty much said, you were a liar. You stalked her. You abused her. You wrote horrible articles about her. You thought you were better than her. And it came and he made threats against him. Like I'm going to get you and stuff. And Dan actually had to take him to court for harassment. But during that time, Caroline Fleck's ex-boyfriend also put on his IG at the time that Dan was a sexual predator and his time was coming. So I'm just saying that. And of course it was brushed off at the time. Because he was, yes. you know, going to court for literally stalking. Unfortunately, him, so. yeah, the the move, the move there, it, it, it's hard because you do have to weigh in the fact that this man was found guilty of, you know, threatening yes. Dan, and that unfortunately kind of it kind of muddies the waters. But Alex, do you have any more timeline stuff? Because then I was thinking I could do just talk a little bit about byline times that I think is important before we get into like what's actually in the article. Yeah, I just have one more I want to talk about because this will also be in the article. Okay. So he let he puts this up after Caroline dies only for a little bit before he takes it down from pressure. But he did say people still reached out. So he says they they'd been seen. And shortly after I received the following message from a former colleague of the of his who told me he and a number of other colleagues from the sun had been harassed by Martin Branning. I cropped the image to protect the person. And in this, what we can see from this DM, it says, Alex, without prejudice and please strictly between us for now, I remember you sent me some pretty colorful messages back in the day, water under the bridge and all that. You mentioned emails from Max. Um, he's, the person says Max Branding. I received messages asking me to do private work for 10K tax-free, just pose nude, ETC. It has been causing a great deal of stress and upset for a number of people I know too. Felt like blackmail or entrapment. I showed my wife. She agrees it should go further. I have taken advice from police and lawyers. It was faceless until now. Would you be prepared to discuss? Obviously understand if not, I just can't let this go on. If there are other suffering and silence, I'm in shock. And then it cuts off. And I will say mm-hmm. Alex did speak to the police in 2020 and he said he has never heard back and nothing has happened since. Yeah, that is another, that is, that is another thing to talk about uh, with the yes. Levinson inquiries and part two never happening, which would have looked into journalists involvement with the police which was never investigated so yeah so we had a second victim come forward on july 14th and that his name is kevin sutherland and not to be confused with the actor the american actor <laughs> okay is this so, name kevin is his name keith sutherland oh my god people I, are gonna well, read us his freaking filth oh kevin <laughs> yeah, oh no kevin. i'm thinking i'm just i'm mis- i'm mixing up another actor please ignore me for the end of time <laughs> continue <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so he talks about how he met him at the glasgow mtv movie awards and i think what's really interesting about kevin again it's kind of steps up the targets that dan goes after he was young he was an escort and he was desperate for money which is why he was an escort on top of that he had a pass where he was actually jailed for um what was it extortion in 2010 so again someone with a past someone who's desperate for money we see this so he says he met him he met him at the bar he saw him again when he was going up to his hotel and all of a sudden dan comes to his door and he gets in by pretty much using he says in the beginning of his tweet knowledge about him and he said i couldn't believe how much he knew about me in the short time i had seen him again dan suddenly knows all of this information And I'm going to read directly. He says, Dan knew a lot about me on this chance encounter. We had never met before that night, although he had very briefly seen me in the lift going up to my room hours before. He had done his homework on all well-established escorts at this time, which was very clear to me in the conversation that took place. This was not a booking and there was no exchange of money. I made it clear to Dan that I was on a personal night out and I was not here to do that. He knew things about my past. Some of the information was in the public domain. Some of the details were not. And some of what was said by him 
was so specific and so related to one thing that it showed me that this man had researched me deeply. So the knowledge he's referring to that he got in and the stuff that he could have found, he could find the public domain, but couldn't was the 2000 conviction of his extortion. So he, and I feel really, this makes me just sad though, because of how much Kevin has to talk about his past, because he recognizes that he's not the perfect victim and us as a society love a perfect victim. So he knows these are also things that Dan could use against him. And just because we know it takes so much for these alleged victims to talk about this, I did want to read like the last section of his um, Twitter post before he signed off. You know, I just, he has a way with words and, you know, just supporting these victims. So this is from him. He says, finally, I am telling it exactly like it is. This is a firsthand account and, and it is my words. And I just refuse to make the this abuser's secrets my secrets. I'm sick and tired of disgusting individuals getting away with doing the most evil acts and they are celebrated. This man is a rapist and my memory is his crime scene. I was there. It happened to me and I know the full impact this has had. I pray that everyone who has been hurt by this vicious, vile man eventually finds some kind of healing. Writing this was beyond painful. Kevin Sutherland. So sending love to his victims. And to your point, while... While it's like, yeah, there's some things in his past where you're like, oh, does not make for the best, you know, like you said, perfect victim. But also mm-hmm. there exactly. is no benefit really to him coming forward. Like it it makes him look bad because he's admitting yeah. a lot of information that's personal and could yes. be used against him. He does not know if anything is going to actually come of this situation um, exactly. for Dan. So there's really there's really no benefit for him coming forward. And and that's, no. I think, always important to remember like this. Exactly. There, this it- is this is going to impact him more negatively more so than yeah anything else especially knowing you know dan if it's all true is i'm sure in his emails and so on and so on and i will say kevin did report this in 2021 and similar to alex he has never heard from the police about it yeah yep that uh little stonewalling over there so before we get into the byline times articles i want to walk people through byline times because if you listen to dan wooten and i'm assuming no one here is watching gb news but just in (laughs) case you saw his absolutely bananas non-apology victim statement from about a week ago he calls byline times this left-wing blog this dark force that's trying to take him down it's very much like a trumpian playbook i do want to give some information on byline times because they do have a very interesting backstory. And I think it's important to understand in order to get why these articles are so important, because there is this amazing article from Prospect Magazine. It was put out in June 2023, and it focuses on Prince Harry's court cases against the British media. But it also shadows Graham Johnson, um, who was one of the founders of Byline Times. And it opens with this party in November of 2022, where there's this meetup at this members bar in London, it's hosted by Hugh Grant. It's one part party, but it's also one part an event to bring together the most unlikely people in their continuing movement to curtail the excesses of the British tabloid press. The assortment of people is interesting because along with the victims of illegal tactics by the tabloid press are some of the same people that used to engage in this behavior and actually targeted these individuals. They are all commingling. For example, Glenn Mulcair is there. He's a reformed private eye who spent time in jail for hacking phones. Dan Evans is there, who is a co-author of the Wooten investigation for Byline Times. He also served time and, and, you know, got the book thrown at him for his involvement in this, but they're all there together because they all have this mission to, you know, right wrongs and prevent these things from happening again. So the other person that's there is Graham Johnson. He is, again, one of the co-founders of Byline Times, and he is described as a tabloid apostate, someone who regrets aspects of his former career and seems hell-bent on making amends by bringing to light as much evidence of historical wrongdoing as he possibly can. So again, he's the co-founder. He's published dozens of investigations into historic malpractice. And In many ways, Dan Evans, who's one of the authors on this byline piece on Dan, as well as Graham Johnson, have had similar newspaper careers and kind of had this come to Jesus moment um, and and are trying to use like their skills for good. And that really overlaps with Prince Harry, who is also trying to expose on his behalf, his wife, his children, his mother, 
um, the nefarious tactics of the British press. And Dan Evans, like Riley puts it that, you know, justice has been done with the phone hacking cases. When Andy Coulson went to jail, who was the deputy editor and then editor of News of the World, also worked with Rebecca Brooks, also had an affair with Rebecca Brooks. That's a story for another time. Mm. And it's this idea, again, that things haven't really changed that much, despite what tabloids may say, and that there is way more to expose. And I do have a larger theory on what bringing Dan Wooten down would do. But here's what I think. I think this is definitely going to be a two-parter, Alex. What do you think? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like, so, are looking at how many pages we have. Left. I'm like, oh my God, there's like 26 pages. So what we're going to do is we are going to have a part two. So we're ending here. We're going to get back into bylines, investigation into Dan, some of our theories, our main takeaways, our lingering thoughts, and much, much more. So stick around. Yes. That will drop very soon. Pinkies up. Peace up, guys. See you on the other side. Nice scabbers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.